co-hosts Steve and Agatha and our amazing guests, Michelle, John, and Jackie for a conversation about some pretty serious shit. So um, in terms of content warnings, uh, this is our first wrap-up episode with content warnings. Uh, we have racism, familial abuse, academia, and discussions about Asian stereotypes. It's now, a content warning for me specifically. Academia. No, for me, uh, for me. <laughs> I wrote that. I wrote. I wrote that in for myself as as a as a grad school uh, dropout. Yeah, I feel that. That's as right. I, I I I need it now. Now I need to that for myself because I was also a grad dropout. <laughs> like, look, it's it, this is this is this is some serious stuff that we're going to talk about because. You know, I know that a lot of us were super hyped about Strixhaven before it was going to come out. Um, I was so hyped about Strixhaven that I was that I'm supposed to do a card preview for Watsi. So this stream will be a card preview for Watsi. Um, now, um, you know, this week has been a really interesting week for all of us um, who, you know, diehard long-term fans of magic the gathering and folks who are just like kind of on the periphery of magic or maybe we're interested in coming back into magic the gathering or you know buying your first magic the gathering cards because of well the the very prominent asian representation that was being featured in the new strixhaven set that's coming out in like three weeks right as of as of recording mm -hmm. um now you know, when Strixhaven's cards and lore information started getting released, the, the tone uh, and the themes that were being covered were met with a very visceral reaction from the Asian American community and the Asian Canadian community. Um, mostly because a lot of these cards, the words that they used, the, the narrative themes that they chose to focus on you know featured very prominently you know stereotypes about honor stereotypes about intergenerational abuse and stereotypes about the model minority myth and given the fact that you know asian people are being targeted by hate crimes you know it, not just in north america but all over the world uh, we're just getting a lot of media attention on it in north america the fact that Asian people are being targeted by hate crimes and, and given the fact that um, North America in particular has a long history of Asian exclusion, much of it is, you know, rooted in political discourse and how Asians are portrayed to the general public through media. Uh, this became a really important point of conversation for us. Now, Michelle, you and I have been talking for since we first met about doing a Magic the Gathering episode. We've yes. been talking about this for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, so you're talking, and um, then Jackie is like, I'm in. And Jackie's <laughs> like, I know magic. And then I added both of you to our wrap-up chat for when we eventually do magic. And then this happened. Um, now, I want to start with a, you know, we've already gone over our content warnings. Those are in the chat. Um, but I want to start with, you know, a little bit of a disclaimer. You know, this has been, this is actually our one year anniversary stream. This is my Steve and I, this is, this is our one year stream anniversary. Um, and I want to make sure that we start our second year of streaming on this channel 
whether or not you're watching it live on Twitch, whether you're watching it on YouTube, or if you're listening to the podcast, uh, we're actually going to make the audio from this episode available to everyone. Uh, so we will try to be as descriptive as possible uh, with this conversation to make sure that audiences are able to interact with it as they wish. Um, but I wanted to start by saying, you know, one thing. This panel, we're not here to tell you to be offended or to be outraged. We're here to ask you to ask for more, to not settle for subpar representation and to want to be seen beyond the stereotypes that have defined us in media. That's what this is about. Asians represent is not about, you know, like community outrage. It's about change. It's about asking for more and showing people how they can move beyond the things that are kind of holding us back. Um, so this stream is very much going to embody all of the pillars of Asians represent, right? It will be entertaining because this is a group of six friends who are getting together to, you know, talk about some, you know, some serious shit, right? But we're here to support each other, right? It's going to be educational, we're going to not only tell you that things are problematic or bad or good, we're going to talk about things that we like as well, right? We're not only going to tell you, you know, what's good, what's bad, you know, what we don't want, but we're also going to tell you how we can move forward. That's super important. And not only that, but, you know, Agents Represent has made a commitment to empower other Asian creators. So, you know, I'm happy that Michelle, Jackie, and John, you were here to join uh, all of us you know, for this stream. But I also encourage all of you in the chat. I encourage all of you who are watching this later or listening to this later to join the conversation, to listen to Asian creators, listen to you just Asian folk who are talking about their feelings about Strixhaven. Um, this is not meant to be the beginning and end of our conversation about representation in Magic the Gathering. This is meant to be the start of more discussion. Um, so that's just my, you know, my, 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 the thing I wanted to start with. I wanted, I wanted us to make sure that was clear at the one year anniversary, at our one year stream anniversary. Um, we are here to kind of put a call, call to action out there. Ask for more, ask for better. That's what we want. So what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about a couple of things. If you are not a fan of Magic the Gathering, do not worry. Not only will you learn a little bit about Magic the Gathering, but you're also going to learn a little bit about Asian culture and the history of anti-Asian racism in you know, North America. I don't know why it sounded, that, it sounded upbeat. That's not an upbeat topic. Um, so we're going to talk about uh, Strixhaven. We're going to preview some cards. Um, we're going to do a, a Wizards of the Coast ask me to preview this sort of thing. Uh, and then we're going to talk about why these cards have some problems. Now, we have three guests here who we have handpicked for their expertise. I'd love to start with an introduction. Let's start with John, then we'll go to Michelle, and then we'll go to Jackie. We'll introduce you three, and then we'll like dive right into Strixhaven. John, who are you? <laughs> I ask myself that every day, Daniel. Um, 
Hi, I'm John. You can find me on Twitter at Ryamasa with a zero um, on Twitch at Ryamasa. I am a variety streamer, designer, and grad student in uh, clinical mental health counseling. And I specifically use tabletops, LARPs, and sort of video games in VR as therapeutic tools. That's what my research is. That's what my thesis is on. That's the kind of work I do. Um, and specifically, I've been a huge, like, long oh jesus christ when did i start uh like i'm a baby like i haven't crested 30 yet but like <laughs> crested 30 <laughs> oh like don't worry we're just here we're just like okay yep. cool okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks for making me feel more ancient <laughs> i appreciate all of you um but also like yeah i've been playing you know i've been playing magic the gathering for most of my life it was the way i originally like sort of connected with a bunch of like friends in like back in primary school and i've been sort of doing that ever since until i, I, did, I ran out of money to buy cardboard with ink on it um you know it's expensive expensive hobby but it's something that I've kept up with, you know, for the last two decades, basically. And something I sort of, it's been a part, a huge part of my life and how I've met a lot of friends. And so it's a thing that I'm always very excited to learn about, even if I didn't play the game anymore. Um, and as someone in the chat said, and then this happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, here we are. Heck yeah. Strixhaven attacks. And then the Strixhaven attack. And then um, you just add in the artwork for, for one of the co command cards and then you, it just all makes sense. <laughs> all I'm saying, somebody, somebody I think the way, the, way, the way I found out about Strixhaven before I learned about all this was someone was like, yo, they're doing magic Harry Potter now. And I went, oh, this is going to be great. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, all right. Um, I am tentatively mildly curious. Um, but yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> Sweet. M Michelle, how about you? Hi, I am Michelle Rapp. I am a Vietnamese American um, Magic the Gathering content creator. I also am a ceramic artist uh, and I have been playing Magic for, oh gosh. Um, actually, I came rather late to Magic. I came to it at, in my 20s, uh, back in 2014. Those were the days um, during a really weird startup situation they they spent their money very poorly and lots of that was on booster boxes so i, I don't know but <laughs> anyway oh, that's <laughs> you hurt you hurt <laughs> sorry jackie um but yeah, yeah magic ow. has <laughs> magic has been um an incredibly life-changing experience for me not just because the game itself is so incredible but because um so many people within the community have been uh so welcoming and incredibly kind um, and also fierce in their, um, in their, I guess, uh, struggle to remain a seen and respected part of the community, which is something that the magic community has been struggling with, especially with uh, marginalized genders and um, communities for a very long time. So I've considered myself to be um, really like a good a good person to to scream at. Uh, people who hurt people within the community like this. So uh, that's mostly been my involvement. I also had a podcast, uh, The Lord Voice, which is a uh, magic comedy uh, story podcast. We're currently on hiatus because we can't even right now. Um, but hopefully if magic story gets better and life gets a little bit easier, we can come back uh, maybe and make this all um, a little bit nicer again we'll see it's hard to find humor right now in these things you never have to apologize for taking a break you never have to apologize for taking a break thank you um and and jackie how about you 
Hi, everybody. I'm Jackie. Uh, I'm. You can find me on Twitter at, as Death by Mage. Um, I am a Chinese American who writes a lot of TTRPG stuff. Um, I am also the creative lead director for Unbreakable Anthology, which is a Asian Zone Voices Anthology initiative where we try to feature uh, Asian stories with Asian writers and artists and editors, uh, and we showcase their stories and their tr and everything related to it. Um, and I have had a really long, as I, as I said before uh, the stream, uh, I have had a really long history with magic. I've been around since when Ice Age first came around and that was like somewhere in the 90s, some vague, vague part of the 90s. And I've had this interesting relationship with magic where I'll always stay in for a couple, seat, for a couple sets, leave, and then for, for maybe a couple of years, come back, leave, come back, leave, come back. And this is probably my eighth time coming back into Magic at this point. Um, so, like, like trust me, I actually stopped playing after Ikoria, which was last year, and I'm somehow now back to talking about Strixhaven. And I'm just like, how did I get? How, it's, I, I guess I'm. It's like that here. scene from Community. <laughs> yeah, it really, it, it really is. It really feels like it. Um, so yeah, I've had a long history with that, and plus, Magic actually helped me pay for some of my spending money during the during my college years because uh, I used to be a Magic the I used to be a Magic uh, the Gathering cards um, broker. That's where we'll use. Ooh. That's a word I'll use. Wow, Magic Finance person right oh. here. Um, <laughs> this, and this, this, is, this is before eBay had really strict rules about how PayPal was supposed to be implemented with addresses. Anyways. Okay, this never <laughs> happened. This never happened. This never happened. <laughs> um, okay, but I, so I, did used to, so I used to buy and sell Magic the Gathering cards as a thing to make uh, extra income when I was in college. And so magic's been a part of my life for a while. <laughs> but you, you do you. I, I, I respect the hustle. Gotcha. Dubious and I, legality and dating yourself in one blow. Nice. Yeah. Look, I, I remember, I remember my the first Magic the Gathering card I ever saw, and it was it was a blue card, and it was just horseshoe crab. Yes. And okay, come on, Steve. The first ever card that I saw, and I was like, oh, horseshoe crab. And, you know, like, I'm a museum nerd. I'm a science nerd. And I was like, I love horseshoe crabs. Is this a game about horseshoe crabs? <laughs> and the art just got me. Yeah, I've been playing Magic since on and off since, like, 2005. Um, and I also recently got back into it uh, because of the pandemic. It was just something that I could do. I could lie in bed and play Magic on my laptop uh, with Arena. But, you know, Strixhaven, the, the new set that's coming out, had me super, super hyped to the point where I'm like, time to get some, like, time to get some practice in so I can get ready. And now I don't know. Now I don't know. Um, one of the things I want to start with, and I would love to lean on the expertise of our, you know, Magic the Gathering experts here, is, well, what is Strixhaven? And well, what, what the fuck are we all talking about here? Why are we talking about Magic the Gathering on Asians Represent? Does anybody want to, Michelle, Jackie, John, what do we want to do? Like we've mentioned like this, it's kind of like Harry Potter and Hogwarts, but in Magic the Gathering. But why is the Asian community talking about Strixhaven? Um, so if you don't mind, I, do you mind if I take this? Yeah, go, go for ahead. it. Awesome. Just a second. Also, my cat is being very affectionate, which is really sweet, which means she just took a poo. Anyway, um, <laughs> it is known whenever my cat shows up on stream, she just took a poo. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Strixhaven is a, it's an academy. It's like the 
biggest um, university, I would describe, uh, in the multiverse uh, that specializes um, particularly in the training of mages. So it's essentially wizard school. Um, the Now, a lot of people have been talking about this with relation to um, Harry Potter, and there are some similarities for sure. Like, yes, it's a school for wizards. But uh, where Strixhaven departs from it is that they have, in, they are colleges. So these are college presumably college-age individuals, not um, your traditional British uh, uh, setup where you've got boarding school and whatnot. And these different colleges almost kind of emulate more of an American or North American, or like a traditional um, modern university setting where we've got, um, like, for example, like at when I went to Cornell, like we had our arts and sciences, we had agriculture, we had architecture, and that's somewhat similar here with Strixhaven. And uh, so the, 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 the problem is that within these various colleges, we have different archetypes. Um, and in one case, for example, Silverquill, uh, which is the college, the white black college, uh, color lined um, institution, it is unfortunately run, partially run by a Dean Ambrose, who is an Asian coded man who has a son <laughs> named Killian. Uh, and, and yeah, and it's basically, um, there's a lot of pressure that Ambrose puts upon Killian in order to succeed within this college, which has been part of their family's heritage for generations. Um, the depiction of this relationship has not been, I would say, um, overly wholesome. Um, to say the least. So uh, that's the main reason why we're talking about Strixhaven today is because um, the combination of an Asian character being placed within the setting that has an overbearing parent, but is also pressured to academically succeed and is shown as an academic, um, ha having academia's, acad academic success being their main trait and um, having to suffer under that uh, falls into a lot of really unfortunate stereotypes. Um, this is my thesis. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Um, Here is your PhD, PhD in Strixhaven. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Is it like Finland where I can get a sword? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, drop your Best skill share. graduation link. ever. So, <laughs> that, we should get a Skillshare sponsorship. Yo, yo, Skillshare, mm. hit us up. Um, oh, that, is that is that a reward for graduating school? Is a Skillshare sponsorship? That's <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's look, what that'll, I want. That'll make you more money than doing any academic publishing. Let's be honest. That's fair. <laughs> that yeah, yeah, that's Shots really fired. fair. Shots fired. I, I, yeah, my I, I can also explain the the color wheel because I because I mentioned it before, but yeah. Um, so in, in Magic the Gathering, um, the game itself is based around five colors that have various philosophies that then translate into uh, different. Um, combat strategies, but also help um, basically become the foundation and lodestone of a way worlds are created and characters are formed. So, um, and there are there are colors that are allied with one another. There are colors that are enemies of each other. And it's not to say those colors can't necessarily work together, but when they do, there's definitely a sense of tension there, which is something that Strixhaven has. So, um, so we have white, which uh, desires peace. Uh, an order amongst all things. So it's very much about setting uh, legislation and, and like societal good. It's it's like, if anyone's seen Hot Fuzz, it's like the greater good, the um, greater good. The greater good. Uh, that's very much white. And there's a sense of like justice and 
um, civilization in that sense. Um, next to that, their, their, fav- their next color is blue, which uh, wants perfection and self-improvement above all things. And so that's one of the reasons why blue will seek knowledge and um, use manipulation in order to get what it wants. Um, and it shares a sense of like wanting to make things and themselves better with white. Uh, next to blue is black. Black desires power of all things. And so black and blue together, they really love the idea of going to the nth degree in order to pursue their goals. Um, but black can be very selfish and uh, sacrifice its own people in order in its own life in order to get to the end. So that's one of the reasons why black is sometimes coded as being like creepy and zombies and skeletons and stuff like that and vampires. Um, next is red, which is uh, all about passion and freedom. Um, black and red are both the most individualistic colors uh, and red doesn't always share the same um, selfishness as black. Uh, red, some, a lo- uh, red tends to form very like long lasting relationships with certain amounts of people, but it is also the color of passion, impulsiveness, creativity, um, and, and hitting people for uh, basically fast damage, hits you in the face, lightning bolt, etc. cetera. Um, and it's very instinctive which leads us to the last color, which is green, which also shares affinity with white because green is all about the um, harmony and harmony and order, but within an instinctive, intuitive way. For example, when we look at the circle of life or the food chain, there is a certain order to the way um, alpha predators will prey on um, its, you know, smaller animals and whatnot. And same with um, plants and so on and so forth. So there is, that's the color wheel. Um, I could go on for a very long time about it, but I think that that's pretty much the gist of things. Yeah. And I think that puts a lot of, you know, stuff into context. So I think one of the first things that I shared this in the chat and I can share it again, um, Dicebreaker released, uh, an article about Killian Lou, that character. Um, so let's actually go here. So all of you folks in the audience know who we're talking about. This is Killian Lou. Now in this article, uh, there were a couple of things that they talked about. So Killian Liu is a human mage student in his second year at the Silver Quill College of Eloquence. Handsome features, a sharp jaw, and his immaculate midnight black hair might immediately draw the eye, not to mention the always dashing monotone suit. But his implacable determination and work ethic have engendered him to both his peers and Strixhaven's faculty. So that was one of the first things we saw about Killian. You know, Killian, very, look, when I first saw the art for Killian, I remember tweeting, I was like, on board. This is spicy, really, really like it. And I'm so torn about this character. So so right off the bat, like spicy, like smoke show. He's a, yeah. he's a smoke show and like- Hot. Uh, <laughs> He's very, he's very attractive. I want to put that out there. Killian is a smoke show and we don't see enough Asian representation of just like, just like mm, chef's kiss people presenting like that, especially mask people. So I'm, I'm like, I saw it too. And I was like, I'm here for this. Now I know that Michelle says you've recently gotten into this, uh, you know, high art franchise. Killian to me is like the Han of final uh, of fast and furious. Like the Han of Fast and Furious. Oh God, I oh, wish. Oh man, I wish. I wondered oh, where man. that context was going. <laughs> I, was like, I, I already knew where it was going because we've had this conversation. Yeah, I was Dan here and, for that conversation. Dan and I have a deep love for our boy Han. Yo, but but I here's mean, the Han thing: it's is like beautiful. <laughs> it's, I'm so I'm 
And I, I will say in the chat, no spoilers about Han, just in case folks aren't caught up with that franchise. Um, <laughs> now we'll get ready for our Fast and Furious actual play series. Um, when? Now that said, now that, when, yeah. <laughs> John's Do you have like, proficiency in land vehicles? <laughs> now that, that said, that said, I think it, on one end, it's like, it's really cool to see a hot Asian character, you, right? In media. We were all just specifically like specifically a hot Asian male coded character. Yes. Yes. The, and we're because, gonna don't go for it, Agatha. Yeah, because like the the women, Asian women is a different can of worms. Not Asian women themselves, but the the whole thing with Asian women and sexuality. But anyway, continue. Yeah, and so you know, it was cool to see that. But then when they're describing his backstory, it's like He's hot and he works really hard at getting good grades at school. And people like him because of that. <sighs> and then they go more into it. Some might say that pressure is a direct result of having the Silver Quill Dean as a father. The master poet is reportedly a stern man who drives his son to graduate at the top of his class. Rigid discipline and an ever watchful eye catches any of Killian's mistakes. And his father is quick to remind him of the lineage of ink masters that comprise the Lu ancestry. Killian's failures are his father's failures and that of the family by extension. Weakness in any pursuit is simply not an option. Killian trains in secret to address his shortcomings and only ever displays a detached professionalism for his fellow students and teachers, whether due to his father's constant vigil or his own desire to master both the light and dark elements of Silver Quill's trademark magic. Killian vows to only ever make a mistake once, if only he didn't find the light so difficult to embrace. And it's like, now we have this like edgelord character who's really concerned about who's got like a tiger dad and is solely motivated by familial honor. And and fear. And fear. And fear. Yeah, and and fear. fear. He he is he is the, the victim of this like emotional abuse. Right. And this is something we're gonna talk about. Um and so you know, this this preview came out on Dicebreaker. This isn't on we're not placing any blame on Dicebreaker, by the way. Um, but this, this preview came out and immediately, you know, in our chat, we were just like, what is happening? <laughs> and, you know, this hope that we had for a really dope Asian character with a nuanced story just began to kind of evaporate. Now we have a character whose depiction is reduced to very well-known Asian stereotypes good at school, overbearing parents, hardworking. And then now I think we've been told that Killian's story is actually a, a B-plot. Yeah, it's a B-plot. Mm -hmm. It's a B-plot. So, mm -hmm. so we have another a character who has been prominently, you know, displayed in marketing as an Asian character, now being reduced to a B-story, which is also, you know, something we see in mainstream media, where Asian characters are kind of... Uh, the, the tertiary characters, the secondary characters, right? Um, so that happened. And then we had the cards that came out. Um, so 
I'm going to start pulling them up. I've shared the cards with all of us in that, that G drive. So we all have access to them in our chat. Um, but the first card, I mean, we could start with this one, Killian ink duelist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, let's talk about the good and the bad and the meh of each card. Right. For me, like I love the art. Oh, I yeah. think it's really cool. Like, I love the way Killian looks, um, but it's the flavor text here that when your father is Dean Ambrose, second best really isn't an option. And and for me, that alone isn't like, it's not Out bad. Out of context, that could have been super cool. Yeah, but in the context of this story that we know of now, it's just, you're just reinforcing the fact that Killian is being defined by this relationship. So, so mm-hmm. on on this, because I know not everyone here is a match uh, player. I also like to talk about the mechanics here because I think it's also a great card. It's a good also, card. It's a really, really good, good, card. Card. It's a good card. It's a good card. It really only costs two. Yeah, this so. with Loris is just insane. So, oh yeah, so this with Loris. Oh okay, my goodness. so so for Agatha, for Agatha, this card. First of all, when he does damage, he heals. You heal, right? And he has this ability, menace. So two other creatures have to block killing if killing attacks. But it's that last ability. Spells you cast that targeted creature cost two less to cast. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can better your, you can improve your character, uh, your, uh, your creatures for way cheaper. And thus, like, you can have more mana to spend on more resources. So, or, or, or a target an enemy. Obstacles. Or a target an enemy. Or, yeah. Yeah. Remove obstacles because, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can you there are spells to remove creatures and destroy them do however you want to get rid of your obstacles yep. and that just makes this a whole lot more efficient because and it's an that, uncommon card yeah oh man it's very good that should it's have really been good. goddamn rare so, at so minimum <laughs> what what i wanted to talk about was that this mechanic of his um very clearly has painted him uh, haha jokes uh cuz he's a duelist paints him as a very very powerful individual just like supremely powerful um, who is also able to like stand in the battlefield and make your other abilities more potent. So just generally a badass and also out there to make sure that the, the, the war is won, right? Like not just a selfish kind of character there. So like, I think that is really important for the overall conversation about how they will tell Killian's story through other cards. Yeah. So like this card, I think we've acknowledged this card is, objectively very powerful but we're not here to you know talk about this card being broken this is asians represent we're here to talk about you know the depiction of killian as a character yeah you know one half it's like this card makes killian look super powerful and the card mechanic like in the art the card mechanics reinforce that killian is a very powerful character right uh reinforces that he that he's a force to be reckoned with because menace make, indicates that you definitely cannot go one-on-one with him you have to That's outflank him outmaneuver him and then the fact that spells cast uh that target a creature cost two less means that one he can empower enemy uh, allies efficiently or can completely obliterate enemies efficiently and that just reinforces the fact that you have this re- it, it reinforces th- this element that killian is a very competent and very powerful individual mm-hmm. And that falls very much in line with the color identity. If there's something that white and black do very well together, it's to get rid of problems. And that that is exactly what we see here with Killian. He is an incredibly wonderful, um, powerful creature to have on the board to essentially um, 
work is almost like an engine piece uh, for you to basically pull out a win, which is always great. Now, if we didn't know about Killian's backstory and that flavor text wasn't there, this would be the most incredible representation of an Asian character in Magic the Gathering. Yep. But it, this card is, you know, weighed down by the lore surrounding Killian. Now, let, let's move to the next card. And the next card we have is Infused with Vitality. So it's an instant. It's a black-green card, and it's a common card. Uh, it's an, uh, until the end of turn, target creature gains death touch, and when this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control, and you gain two life. Another really good card. Another very yeah. good card. Um, and it's got this flavor text. Dina raised her cup to Killian's lips, and for the first time in his life, he knew compassion. Yeah. And in the artwork, it should be pointed out that Dina is of the, of the Wither, was it Witherbloom uh, yeah. College? Yep. And Killian's on the ground. Uh, this is for our audio listeners. So, like, Killian's on the ground, like, resting on a what looks like a sta- the base of a statue. And, you know, this is showing a moment where Killian's probably been wounded, defeated, something happened to Killian, and Dina's showing mercy or compassion. And, mm-hmm. and it only just reinforces how much that storyline with Killian hurts more. Yeah, it's like, again, another great card with a potentially interesting story there with like, you know, Dina and Killian and what does that mean? But it's for the first time in his life, he knew compassion. Um, and is talking about this uncaring, detached Asian parentage, that trope that they have continued to rely on here. There is so much potential with Strixhaven, and particularly with how they show Asian characters, and it is just weighed down by this over-reliance on tropes. I, I don't know if any of you all have, to, have anything to say about this, because Agatha, your reaction uh. was like, what? <laughs> I can add to that because this is where oh. top-down design impacts the game mechanics because you're talking about a character who gains death touch, so basically has the means to obliterate their enemy and as a result has to sacrifice themselves in order to do it. And then comes back, and the fact is that the storytelling of the of the car through the mechanics is they come back tapped, meaning they are exhausted and, and out of the battle. And... But you, yourself, the one who's controlling Gillian, is gaining two life out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's also noted that, um, like, the the person, Dina herself, she's a dryad. Um, She's not not technically a human. Um, but, But it does... I don't know. It feels a little weird to me. The fact that she is not another Asian character. And so it kind of makes you wonder, especially with the, um, the, with the flavor text as well. Like, okay. So it's like another culture that has to show. Asians can't show each other compassion. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the the same time, you know, it sucks that you can't see another Asian, you know, showing another Asian character compassion, but at the same time, you don't see a lot of, you know, male-coded Asian male male male-coded Asian characters in relationships with non-Asian characters, right? This is this is the, the you know this is Fast and Furious again. I just this like is Han. Han. This Han. is like Fast and Furious again. This is The Walking Dead with Glenn, right? Groundbreaking for for Hollywood. As like, say what you want about the quality of The Walking Dead and the brilliant storytelling of Fast and Furious, yeah. like. 
those things are really important to see in media. But again, it's, weighed down by by it's the nice text. to have them on equal footing, though, right? Because what we've yeah. got right now is, I mean, like oh, it's tending to him, yeah, well, yeah, right. And let's go to the, or, or even that, but also like for the first time in his life, Killian knew compassion. Okay, cool. So we've added, you know, abused by tiger parent child, and then stuck manic pixie dream goth onto that one. That's where we decided to go with this. Like that's yeah. where we went. Um, and like that's and then like. I wouldn't have actually noticed it if I didn't like think about it. I was like, Witherbloom, in the way it's been described, has been described as yeah, that's the goth college, and we all went okay, fine, whatever. It's the goth like, biology club. It's the goth yeah, I didn't, I didn't think club. about that at all because I don't know anything about the colleges other yeah, than yeah. Silverbloom. I'm like, that's all I care about. Like the like, quick breakdown: Witherbloom is uh, like, Witherbloom is the goth biologists. Um, Lorehaven, uh, Lorehold is where Daniel went to school. Uh, <laughs> Archaeology. For archaeology. archaeology. It's archaeology. It's archaeology. Uh, is where I definitely went to school, and then Quandrix is where Jack Jackie went to school. It's uh, you've got like the art kids and you've got the math kids. Um, and then and then Silver Quill is like debate club. Debate club. Debate club. Yeah. The but debate like club. angry, right? <laughs> that's it, that's what you it's, got. It's, it's edgy. Yeah. It's it's basically the edgy. It's edgy K-pop debate club. <laughs> well, it's, it's the, ed- so cross it's the examination. edgy poets. Okay. It's, the, so it's the edgy poets trope from the 90s. Would, would they just say is, like, yeah. oh, I, I'm pre-law? Wouldn't they just say I'm pre-law? Yeah. I, I mean, oh. I was that kid. I was that kid in high school. I was in debate club. I, mm-hmm. I was pre-law. Like, I relate to Killian so much to a point where I was like, yeah, strict saving, debate kids. And it's like, oh, wait not. Oh. oh maybe not, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. Chris Murray. <laughs> But that. yeah, uh, that's I mean, that's kind of the thing you've got to look at, right? Because now that you've we've set that up now you have person comes in, influences their life, changes them for the better TM quote, whatever. Like we don't like I don't think we know exactly where in the timeline this card is going to fit. But you did just in the way you set up and you'll set up from a couple, a couple of the other cards we get later. You do just kind of heavily imply that there's like a manic pixie dream goth dryad yeah. thing going on. And it's like. It's like I can I, I can hear that. a cold plays fix you start to oh, play. God. <laughs> I can, oh boy. And it's it's very much like a woman has come, a woman or a woman coded character, femme coded character has come in to be, it is okay, Killian. Here, drink this tea. It, it's also very it. it has like this <laughs> this weird like like either K drama or or like some kind of like like trope like just the the way it's written it feels like it's if oh the the very stoic unemotional very achieving driven male character because we're not even just going asian we're just going with the male character in this in this part you know gets put down a couple notches and the only person that could possibly make them feel any better is the like non-achieving person who is just like the most peace-loving thing on the planet that changes well, everything because I didn't know that about that. Because well, Dina is is reckoned to be a power in her own right. Like if you look at her yeah. card, it's pretty cool yeah. too. She, yeah, um, Dina's powerful, but and <laughs> and also like you know, a Witherbloom is the the it's it's not exactly all that like compassionate either because they do like take the life out of the little grubby grubs. <laughs> true, true. I, th- yeah, that's true. And also like I will say that like there's also like some really powerful like well, there's an undead tree and here you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Agatha, do you have anything to add? Because because uh, we haven't. I wanted to give you an opportunity. I, I don't. I'm oh, still kind okay. of like trying to wrap my head around the color 
wheel <laughs> and <laughs> the different powers. I'm trying. I'm still catching up. That's okay. That's Very okay. Slowly. So so why don't we why don't we move on um, to deep disappointment. Oh, the actual card. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sorry. Hilarious. The actual card, not the feeling. Um, Hilarious. So, so for the audio listeners, I want to make sure that we are uh, as descriptive as possible. Deep disappointment um, is a four cost card. It's a common, it's an instant. The art depicts Killian, who is very dutifully studying by candlelight as his father, Dean Ambrose watches over him from the shadows. Uh, the, the effect in, like a the cane, vampire. He's like a vampire. I don't know if he is he canonically a vampire. Or something? No, he's a man. No? He's just okay. like, he's just a man. Like, <laughs> look, look, look. <laughs> Dean Ambrose has a brand and he's leaning into it. So like, look, what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's like a darker, so, my, my, uh, was it M. Bison kind of thing. <laughs> I, like, I, I do like, like that. that. So, yeah. so the effect wow. of it, so it's an instant, so you can cast it whenever you want. Um, each player loses two life and you draw two cards. Now, the flavor text here. Most students only had to suffer Dean Ambrose's scrutiny for a semester or two. Killian had to live with it his entire life. This card bad. So this card, all this card, and I just went, oh my goodness. This card really leans into the emotionally abusive Asian tiger parent trope so hard. And I don't know if there's anything else to say about that. I mean, we're going to go into this in in more context when we talk about the model minority myth, but this 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 is a tough one. Because I feel like this this card feels really real for me. Um, I've actually been saving this. Um, so I've been, as some of you know, I've been on vacation all week. I uh, I just gave my two weeks notice on my old job and I started a new one uh, later this month. And I'm, I'm super, super stoked about it. And, you know, I was spending some time with my, my family. And um, I was driving in a car with my dad and telling him about my new job. And for the first time in, I can't even remember how long, my dad told me he was proud of me. And so when I saw this card, I was like, yeah, I could see what they are trying to do. But Magic the Gathering flavor text is not the place to tell a nuanced story. And I think that's one of the biggest like, mistakes they made here. They're trying to tell a nuanced Asian story through flavor text and they are failing, failing really hard. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. You know, we're going to talk about, you know, the, the pressures of academic success and the model minority myth and the idea of positive stereotypes and how they can also be harmful. Um, but this one is, is particularly bad in, in my mind. Um, yeah. and I don't, I don't know if there, there's more to be said about it or if we want to move on to, to the rest of the cards. I think I'm going to dog ear the conversation here for it later on, but I do think we need, we, and you mentioned this talk about kind of the nuance, but also how it's totally valid to talk about these types of traumas through your narrative, whether or not it's appropriate here, I think is debatable, but 
I, 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 if we have time, I'd love to dig into that a little bit more. But I'm good to move on. I yeah. think the only thing I can add is that, like, I think John and I probably have had experience reading through research articles and journals about authoritative parenting styles and things like that. And the developmental effects that it has on children, regardless of race, because uh, it has a various amounts of impact. But uh, as I also have shared in our personal chats before, you know, there are research articles talking about tiger parenting now and how that affects the the outlook of children's developmental growth, both psychologically and their emotional growth. And yeah, and this, we oh, go yeah. ahead. Sorry. Well, and we need to talk about that. the history of that, too. Yeah, there because yeah. there is a, a deep and like a legitimate history to that. And it's a it's a history of culture clash, assimilation um, and, you know, acculturative stress. Uh, but let's move on to our next one. Uh, uh, one quick oh. thing I do want to point out is uh, yes, go back. Tron in the chat mentioned that, that the one we are looking for is the fan translation back when the original previews dropped. Uh, apparently the full English flavor text for Deep Disappointment is actually most students could barely endure Dean Ambrose's scrutiny for a semester or two. Killian lived with it his entire life. Oh, it's just as bad. You want to throw a little bit extra spice onto that one because um, great. Yeah, it's it's just not good. Yeah, I, I think the only thing I have to say is just like as someone who did have extremely like Killian's journey has very much mirrored my own. It's extremely triggering, at least for me, um, seeing all this go down. So that's where I kind of this stuff was a culmination of all that. <laughs> just like deep disappointment. I'm like, oh, that that's very familiar. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's a familiar feeling to to to, to many people. Yeah. You know, it's just like I think the 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 Killian story and what they are trying to do. If you if you add nuance to it, is the is the Asian American story. It's um, the story of the diaspora, um, but they're just telling it really poorly. There's also a, also the apparently actual translated English name is Crushing Disappointment, which actively oh, makes it worse. That, that's yeah. much worse. Because that, that's, that's how I because yeah. that's how I describe the feeling myself. That, yeah, that made it like worse. That's, all right. Well, <laughs> yeah. great. Well, Thanks. Let, let's let's move on then to I'm uh, just point those out really quickly. Just yeah, no, let's I thank you for doing that. Yeah, let's move on to Beaming Defiance. So it's a white card. Um, mm -hmm. So I get the. If you're looking at the color wheel, this is this is a white card now. Uh, it's a, it's a common instant. It's got Killian actually looking really cool and powerful on the cover, surrounded by like bright shining energy that contrasts against his, as the Dice Breaker article says, um, monotone, always dashing monotone suit. Uh, target creature you control gains plus two, plus two. So that's two attack, two defense, and gains hexproof until the end of turn. So they can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponent controls. Very good, very good card as well. Um, the art is uh, a Killian quote, and it's, I've lived too long in my father's shadow. It's time to find my own light. What do we think of that one? Ah, uh, mood. So... <laughs> <laughs> the, problem, the problem I've had with all of these is that at no point, even here during what looks like Killian's empowerment, do I feel that Killian is empowered. Everything centers around his father. His father is always part of the conversation. It's never just Killian. It's always his weird 
and this is a, a this is a common thing too with like narcissistic parents where there's a lot of projection of them their self onto their child and i i feel like this is kind of part of that but it unfortunately doesn't do a great job of depicting that kind of nuance right like as we've been discussing it's always about his father it's not just it's never about killian it's really just about his father yeah that's, so, that's John, really do you want to add it into uh, because we can talk about the, the narcissistic authoritative parenting style? <laughs> oh yeah, forever. we can get to that in a minute. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? Like this is yeah. the like there is there is somewhere in here a nuanced story, right? There is this is the story of a kid who's just now starting to come out of the shadow of this like emotionally abusive and projective kind of parenting style, and is starting to figure out what that means, but. At no point do we actually see the culmination of the arc, right? So, like in terms of the arc that we see in the in the context that we've st- we've seen for the cards that exist, you're getting someone who is in the process of discovery, but we never get the end of the arc because I'm just like just think back to all of like if you've played Magic, think back to the flavor text of some of the bigger named characters, right? It's always quotes that tell you a lot more about who they are as a standalone, right? Like half of Chandra's goddamn quotes are, oops, I lit that thing on fire, my bad. And like that tells you pretty much all you need to know about Chandra in three seconds flat, right? But all I know here in this one is that Killian does not like his dad. That's all I've got. And I'm like, that's all I've got to go on. It's not great. Um, And it specifically, the framing of it is in this kind of language that still really equates Killian's entire life to his relationship with his father, like Michelle said. And so like you get all of these problems where you've got half the arc, even if you, okay. Like even if I gave you the, the, the benefit of the doubt that you were telling a nuanced story, you've only finished half the book. Yeah. And, and then you went, that's enough and published it. Well, well and so, that, like, that's the and problem. That's just again. what I've got right now. And so I can't, even if I wanted to give you that sort of like benefit, I don't know where you're going with the ending. And so I can't even give that trust yet because the stuff I've seen up to this point doesn't make me think the ending is going to be any good. Yeah. And it's this, again, this whole idea of trying to tell a nuanced story through flavor text. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's in trying to do that, they have, you know, basically reduced the story to tropes. Um, and if we move on to the next card, unless anybody else wants to add to it, we have, I, I, I do want to add, I do want to add one more thing. And it's, yeah. it, it's kind of this idea of like, not all Asians are a monolith and that everyone's experience is different when it comes to defying, uh, your familial pressures and whatnot. My particular experience and not everyone's going to feel this was not beaming. Uh, mine was very tragic and very harmful. Uh, and I would never describe it as such my my defiance was traumatic um so this card doesn't really speak to my asian experience which is not necessarily a problem but you know killian's story is not my own despite some similarities here and there and this is again the problem when it when you have so few asians to represent who you are so yeah i read this and i'm like "Ah, okay right yeah this card is just the I gotta go my own way. Song from High School Musical Two. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, um, thanks for bringing that one back to my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of all the of all the things that I've seen so far, I do feel like like if this card existed amongst other cards or within a different context that wasn't so toxic, then I think it would have been fine. Actually, 
but yeah. I guess within this situation, it's less yeah. preferable. Yeah. I'm good to move on. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. So let's move on. This is a new one that y'all brought to my attention. It's a rare card. It's a blue card now. Uh, attempted by the Orik. It's a sorcery card. Uh, it's rare. Uh, for each opponent, gain control of up to one target creature or planeswalker that player controls with mana value three or less. Uh, it's got uh, Killian on the cover with some sort of artifact. I don't know who the other character is on the card with Killian. Extus is the Extus. is the big bad for the setting uh, for the okay. story arc. Yep. for the main st- for the main story arc, actually. They, they are the practice. They are the practitioners of the forbidden magics. Oh, the dark magic. Yeah, the dark magic user. You know, the, the you know, there's always one. They, <laughs> got it. Yeah, they have masks, yeah. not unlike some of those other dark. Magic, magic users in another franchise that <laughs> totally yeah. a franchise that we're not original talk about. character do not steal <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um mm. so uh one thing i do like is that you know they uh the the, the villain is, is is masked in this case um killian is i don't i don't have much to say about the art killian just looks fly um it's the a good play- outfit. It's God a good damn. outfit. Like it's a great outfit. Yeah, Look, I'd wear that. Looking it's outfit. Good. That's I'd wear my that. peak aesthetic for that fucking outfit right like, there. No, you, see, John, your peak aesthetic is that outfit, but with a gun holster and a revolver. All right, Ooh. first off, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> but also, yes, <laughs> yes, I'm right. You that, know, I'm that right. outfit is black and white Volante. Like, that's literally yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah, instead of these these little like patty things, there there are like bullets here, and that that's that's your aesthetic. It's it's. Yeah, uh, I'll take it. Oh, you know, silver quill, silver quill cowboy. That's your aesthetic. Uh, oh, yeah, like, that would that like, sounds so you just cool. Have, like the twin holsters from a regular at Magic High. You yes, can, yes, I know. Yeah, yeah that's what again. Yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah, beautiful. So, the, 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 the two silver horns uh-huh. for Tatsia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. John, John, your aesthetic. I got you, John. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Christ. But but anyways, <laughs> the, the, I have a type. I just acknowledge it. <laughs> there, the the flavor it. text. The flavor text here is something that we we've kind of been alluding to, and it's to yes. exact his revenge. Extus needed followers. His infiltrators recruited promising mage students from the very halls he sought to destroy. And, mm-hmm. and you know, like, it, like viewed alone, this card is like, okay, cool. It's just this card. They're like getting students. Killing's really powerful. But here they're just like, based on everything that we've seen, it's like, oh, we know that Killian hates his father and will manipulate that bad relationship. Um, that's how I read this one when y'all sent it to me. I, I saw it yeah. as more of like, he needs to prove himself. Yep. Like he's in a constant mm-hmm. need to prove himself. So this yeah. is an opportunity for him to prove himself so he can show his father like, yes, I can do the thing. I can, I can be my own person. It's... I can do the thing by betraying everything our family has stood for. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, yep. it's, 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 it's a, it's a villain taking advantage of somebody's trauma. That's literally yeah. this card. Yeah, it really that is. That's literally yeah. the card. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's literally the card. And it's rare. Um, <laughs> that's it's, what it's, you think. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry, psychology joke. No, no, yeah. Gallows humor. Um, <laughs> Look, that's okay. Yeah. No, it, it's not. <laughs> no, I mean, it's okay to, you know, yep. like, share your emotions with us. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying, yeah, that card's a fucking common. Thank you very much. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It's it's a very 
good sorcery though like it is. you just you but just take it good card yeah it's all good of card. these cards are good that's yeah that's Thieving Defies was such a great can it's such a great trick it's so versatile and then this is just like this is mine now yeah mine. Uh, it, so for those who so don't, for those who don't play the game like it, for, because it says for each opponent this is very good for like a multiplayer format like commander which you know deals with like large 100 deck uh, card decks and being yep. able to just yank a little something nice, like, oh, I don't know, someone else's Killian Ink Duelist that's conveniently on the field, and now they're yours, and then you can do whatever you want with it. It's a very yeah. powerful card. This could this could end a game. Like, if you mm-hmm. played this at the right time, it'd be like, everyone just kind of gives up. It's like, okay, I can't win yeah. now. Yeah. I'm actually uh, kind of curious, because I think most of the student cards are about three or lower, too. So you actually, by yeah. doing this, you straight up, all literally, you just straight mages. up take all the mages. Yeah. If, if mm-hmm. somebody's got a card that that their their entire hand is going to be based on, you're just like, yoink. Like, it's, yeah. I, I think that was, I think that's that nice little top, top like, top bottom design of, like, look, the evil villain is manipulating all these prospective students versus all the deans who are above three, because therefore they cannot be as manipulated. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's the mechanics here again. And I think it's actually quite graceful in that it flows how I think they wanted it to, where it tells that story of this corruption of the youth. Yeah. It just so happens that we're talking about some other stuff. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> corruption <laughs> of the youth. Yes. Oh. I mean, like, that's what, that's what it is. Isn't the it? children. He's right, though. But yep. the, the thing is, like, yeah, you right. Yeah. I think so far we've looked through, like, this is our, the sixth card that we've looked through. Oh, no, fifth card that we've looked through. And the, the, the abilities, the synergy between them, what you can do is all very well thought out. But it's like that Asian storytelling that they're trying to do, that they're trying to put in there, that just, there's just so much more they could have done. Um, but the, the next card that I brought up is one that I know everyone wants us to talk about, and it's Ambrose. Yup, okay, let's Here do we this. Are. So Ambrose, Dean of Shadow, cost four, legendary creature, human warlock, it's rare. Um, so the it's a four four. Uh, when you tap this card, so I guess when you tap the cards, you're using this card's ability or you're attacking. Um, when you tap this card, you put a one one counter, so plus one attack, plus one defense on another target creature. Then Ambrose, Dean of Shadow, deals two damage to that creature. Whenever a creature you control with a one one counter on it dies, you get to draw a card. Yep. So. In line with this character's sort of like abusive story that they're trying to tell is this ability. I would really actually like to talk about mechanics and psychology here in this one. If that's let's okay. do it. Let's yeah, do let's it. Do let's it. go, let's go, go, let's go. go. So here's here's the thing, right? So we ha- actually, I, was, I thought I was mentioning in the chat earlier. Um, I think it was Kylotron who's been dropping all that stuff about like the crushing disappointment translation. Thank you for that. Um, mentioned that the the way they the way they had read it off a glance was uh, Dean Ambrose makes you stronger if you survive um and i wish it could be read that way i wish that's what the card was because that isn't what the card does because mechanically if that was the case dean ambrose would deal two damage to you and then if you survive you get a plus one plus one counter it's the other way around dean ambrose makes you stronger and then hurts you 
And the assumption from like the mechanical point of view here is that the way he's doing it will make you stronger first to survive the inevitable pain he's going to inflict upon you. And that's not cool. <laughs> yeah, he builds you up to break he you down. He builds you up to break yeah, you down. That, yeah. exactly. It's tough. It's tough, tough love. love. Yep. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's that very painful thing that a lot of Asian dysphoria goes through, which is, you know, with tiger parenting or any authoritative parenting, it's like, oh, they love you. Deep down, they really love you, but they have to do these things that emote, that will traumatize you. Yeah. Why? Yep. <laughs> to, to toughen what, you up. And what it does is because it mechanic, because the plus one plus one counter is a mechanical guarantee, you're always going to get it whether or not you survive the follow-up damage later. It's implicitly saying kind of that the way this does works because the effects of it will happen before you feel the pain and when you felt the pain you will quote realize just how much stronger you've become and then you get a card oh well yeah or you kill your friends and get a card you kill your friends and get a card well that's uh, that's the second half it's like oh you were not strong enough to take it well we reap the benefits out of it still you're the fodder it's shokugeki no soma the card and that's what's interesting In in uh, our chat, in our chat, new new guardian two eight one four has pointed out that Killian, Killian's a two two card. Yeah, yeah. Killian mm-hmm. barely survives. survives. This. Barely survives. Barely. barely. Yeah. Yes. And that's a that's whole a, story right. in and of itself. That's a whole story of design. And t- that's a whole story bit about design intent. Because if you're gonna go as far deep about the top down design philosophy, that is intentional. Right. <laughs> it, yeah. It's 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 honestly like. It's it's so terrible how gracefully it's done when you think about it, right? Like, yeah, he barely survives. He barely survives as a 3-1. But what's also interesting is like every time a character dies, every time a character, a creature dies, mm-hmm. um, you get a benefit from it. So it's like you learn from other people's mistakes, right? Yep. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, this person didn't make it. So you best, you best watch out. Yeah. Uh, John, you mentioned in our chat we should divine uh, tiger parenting. I'm going to get to that because there's there's more context that should be yeah, put into yeah. it. Um, the the next card we have is Lorehold Apprentice. So this is a red white card, uh, okay. one red, one white. It's a creature, a human cleric. Um, it has ability Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell until the end of turn, spirit creatures you control gain. The ability for tap, this creature deals one damage to each opponent. Um, it's a 2-2 card. It's an uncommon, and the flavor text is ancient footfalls echo in her head, their timeless rhythm guiding the present. I really like the art. Oh, it's so oh, God, it's so It is good. really nice art. This is yeah, a, I was going to talk about that too. As artist, I want that card. I don't know. This, what, I still don't understand what's going on. But I, think, I just the think full, this, the full splash of that card is... I want that. So, right. so to explain what's going on. So Lorehold is the College of Archaeology, but in a sense, like bringing the, bringing the past to life. It's like the most epic Ken Burns documentary you can think of, or a really good Williamsburg representation. I'm not sure how else to explain it, but these scrolls yeah. that these students are going through, they're able to pull um, actual the actual spirits of the people who lived uh, during that time, and they can like use them to inhabit like statues and all this stuff. But it's it's really cool because in some of the art for Lorehold, which is amazing, you can actually see like cuneiform being used as like a gun, as a Catlin gun, yeah. almost, which is super cool. It's uh, it's night at the museum, but like for realsies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really cool that way. 
um, but yeah, the, the way that she's making, like the, the magic is making literally these, these uh, historical figures come off, off the page. It's, it's so cool. And the joy on this character's face is so relatable. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really yeah. love this. I really love this art. I think it's a, I think I have nothing personally. I don't have anything, any qualms with this card. I think it's wonderful. And I wanted to bring mm-hmm. it up to show something good. Um, I think from a lore perspective, it's dope. I love the art. I want to be that character. Right? Like I want to be that character and I have like personally included this, this idea of a dynamic storytelling contained within objects in my own games. Literally in the first episode of Dungeons and Asians, y'all go to a town where the art on the pottery is moving and lives. And like, um, I think chaps was like, why are we talking about this one? And like answer is you do have a character that's very solidly coded Asian and there is a flavor text bit about something, something ancestors, something, something in the bottom. But like, because of the way Lorehold is set up as a school and you have a broader context as to what it is the whole entity does, because they really don't explain what Silvercool does at all. Really? Yep. You've got Magic Inc. and Debate Club, I think. I think that's what they've got. How do those two relate? It's poetry battles. Poetry, poetry battles. battles. Yeah, it's, it's like slam. It's like a rap battle. Spoken sort of. word poetry battles. Like, yeah. okay, cool, fine, I guess. What is Inc. Have to, and whatever. Well, they point didn't make is, a dumbfounded character. They um, should have. But the point is, <laughs> right? But like, because you have the greater context of this, this fits in as a piece and it doesn't define Lorehold in the way that like Killian's relationship is kind of like positioned as that piece. And so you can, and because the ancient, like the wizard, the history bit is vague, is vague in that like it's specifically about just the totality of things that came before you guiding what comes in. You can get away with that a little bit. Like it's still, I can still see it. It's there, but I'm not as having as huge of an issue with this piece because it fits within a broader piece of an entire group of people who do this. And then that one, I'm like, oh, oh, cool. There's an Asian person in that college. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all I get out of it. So, so, so like oh, people, really cool. people are asking like why we <laughs> yeah. brought this up, you know, like we're not here just to talk about the bad shit in Strixhaven. Yep. We're here to talk about the things that are good. And this is a really good example of, you know, like a like great, art of an asian coded character b blending your storytelling into the art and the game mechanics and like good flavor text also all, all in all this is also just a good dope card c, being dope af yeah okay yeah <laughs> being dope af uh, uh yeah let's... The other th- oh sorry the, the no, last thing ahead. i want to add oh, sorry the last thing i want to add is that i love that the flavor text ha- keeps this character as an independent person that mm-hmm. is not defined by her, uh, their relationships with anyone else. Let, this let, is solely yeah. about their joy. Well, let's actually move to another card that's talking about an independent character, but done in a way that's not as good. Mm. So that's a bad segue to be like, hey, let's go to something that's not good. Um, let's talk about Eager First Year. Um, so Eager First Year is a two-cost white card. It's a human wizard. Uh, it's a common card. Um, I like the art. I think the art is great. Um, it's an Asian coded character performing some sort of magic, holding a book. It's pretty, pretty standard. It's a student. You, you'd expect this. If this wasn't a game about magical college students, then I might have different feelings on this. Um, so this, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, eager first year gets plus one plus zero until the end of turn. This card actually synergizes really well with some other 
cards that are in this set. Um, it's a 2-2 card, but my personal problems with this card lie in the flavor text once again, and it's, today she learns the basics. She'll knock out advanced theory later this week. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a character that is like a genius. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you situate that flavor text within the context of everything else that has gone on and that we've seen with Strixhaven, then the problems emerge. And this card is a great example of how the design team leaned in really heavily on the model minority myth. Now, I think from here, we should actually go and talk about that um, because we wanted to talk about tiger parenting. So, you know, let's take us back and we're going to preview two. We're going to look through two more cards after eager first year. But I think it's important for us to talk about the model minority myth um, for the last sort of like hour ish. Now, if you've never heard of the model minority myth, that's totally okay. Uh, I, I saw a lot of people respond to, you know, all of our tweets being like, hey, thank you. I never heard about this. This makes so much sense and puts a lot of what I've seen in media into context. So the model minority myth refers to minority groups, minority groups that are perceived to have high levels of success in contemporary North American society. So that's success in finance, success in you know, academics, those two in particular. And the model minority stereotype is most often used to portray East Asian Americans and Canadians as a very intelligent, hardworking, tech savvy, and so successful group relative to other communities of color. And that is a really important thing to note there. It is a positive stereotype with a it's a very dark accolade, if you want to put it that way, right? Now, a lot of people and a lot of things I've seen online would be like, but Asians being great at math, that's a compliment. Asians being accepted into Ivy League schools, that's a great compliment. But one of the things that we need to understand here is positive stereotypes are really powerful tools for perpetuating systemic differences in privilege and power. And that's why we should all be talking about it. Now, where did the model minority myth come from? Let's go back to 1966. <laughs> yeah, in 1966, there was a sociologist and his name was William Peterson. And he wrote an article in the New York Times that was called, I have to look at my notes, it was called Success Story, a Japanese American Style. And basically it, it he referred to how the Jap Japanese Americans basically overcame post-war discrimination to achieve high degrees of success. Now, they were based, he basically said, look, the Japanese community, they're succeeding. They are a model minority. Now, for even more context, a year before, a year before this, in 1965, the Immigration Act basically lifted almost a century of restricted immigration policies. So America started to see more highly trained and highly skilled and highly educated immigration. 
John, I've seen it. Like, I'd like to point out that's on purpose. And, and this is on purpose. around that mm-hmm. later. Yeah, this is all on purpose. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to talk about academic success and tiger parenting. Now, academic success is a cultural norm in many Asian cultures. And we are socialized to value and pursue this. That is not a lie. Like, this is truth. But where does that truth come from? Putting the Immigration Act of 1965 into context. Now, self-perfection through academic achievement has its roots, at least in, in, you know, from my experiences, has its roots in Confucian values, right? And kind of comes into play when you have these Confucian Asian cultures that place a very high regard on learning and achievement, and you combine them with the fact that there is a collectivist mindset in China, and that's my background, in China, where basically you have a society that is traditionally supportive and protective of the familial unit at the expense of the individual. Now, bear in mind that China also had a one-slash-two-child policy. So now you have a culture that places a high regard on achievement and places high value on taking care of the family unit. But you also have a country that politically says you cannot have more than one child, or now you cannot have more than two children. There are, there are you know, obviously exceptions, right? But... You now have families that are placing immense amounts of pressure on one or two children who have to succeed for their families. This is real. This is a part of East Asian culture, right? And I don't say East Asian as a a whole. This is part of my culture and many others in the region, right? Self-achievement equals familial achievement, right? But because of the context in which this is happening, the consequences of both success and failure are acute. And yeah, are, and I, yeah, I ahead, do want to cut in to talk about also historically, like it's not just that it's a Confucian, like, yes, yeah. this is modeled after Confucius thought, but also uh, in terms of the way that the society was structured, mm-hmm. um, like historically, it's that like there's a saying where 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 how, how much like you're... it's not exactly like a caste system, but it's like there's the the nobility and or people who can work in the government. And then it's farmers, people who work the land. And then it's workers, uh, like skilled laborers. And then it's uh, merchants. So actually it's, it's that's a very specific system from a specific time. But there's this expectation from a lot of those times where you can literally improve the situation of your whole family if you you pass an you exam pass the exam to become like eligible to become a government worker like that's that's a part of why it's so important because like you get you get like tax breaks um and you get like so many different advantages just from achieving that specific rank and yep. that affects again your it's your, you can now own land. Um, and you, again, you can pay less taxes. And then during specific times, you're eligible for like um, government uh, aid. So it's, it's, 
that is also the context for why like this is so ingrained into so many at least for like people who come from a chinese background um because it's like this is not just like an ideal but it it's like uh it's a physical tangible yeah. goal that you can strive for and not only a historical one like combine this with you know the rapid economic development that we see in present day asia like the one two child policy and academic success combined with the collectivist culture basically guarantees you to move out of poverty like yep. and having like you know lived and traveled around you know big cities in china and lived in small villages in china the, the differences are, are huge, huge. Um, so I want us to think about that. Now, one other thing is that like Confucian culture also tends to demonstrate far less forgiveness towards those who underachieve and stray from societal and cultural norms, right? So then, of course, we're going to talk about higher degrees of anxiety, self-doubt, and all of that. <laughs> now, if we go to 1965 and we go to the, the, the lifting of the, the Immigration Act of 1965, and the influx of new immigrants to North America, we have people who have grown up in this sort of Confucian Asian culture, which is the academic term, coming to North America. And we are starting to see now the clashing of these values, right? So when we go back to this model minority myth, Asians are hardworking, Asians are intelligent. Asians place a high value on, on schooling. It's flattering, right? But this is also super dangerous to not only other communities of color, but Asian people too, who you might think would benefit from this stereotype, right? So I want to start by talking about you know, this is, I know this is John's jam, and I know John has been waiting for this. But I want to talk about this acculturative stress and mental health. And I want to talk about, you know, the negative impact on Asian Americans as a result of these unattainable standards, the negative psychological effects, and of course, pedagogical bias. Okay, something that we see a lot of. Steve, you have a face, you want to say something? No, you said you said pedagogy, and I'm just like, let's talk about how you teach people things. Uh, so pedagogy is that that study there, but but yeah, this is or, the John or, or, show at this point. Like, I want to tell tell me more. Terminology. Tell me yeah, more. But but like this is oh. this is about the 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 act of learning and how at at the most basic example, it's like oh they're Asian, they don't need support. Yeah. But so John, go ahead. I I want to be like. I want to frame this. Okay, so first off, we're going to talk a couple things about talking about, you know, dialectics and pedagogy. T for terminology, basically the study of how you learn, teach, and learn and teach things. Um, the thing that you're going to run into is that there's this really useful thing when you're trying to be transparent about the stuff you're talking about, like we are on this show, called bracketing, which is where you take what you're saying and couch it within the expectations of who you are and what your point of view is. For example, I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to bracket this entire conversation by saying this is from the perspective of an ex, like 
according to the American school system, gifted child who is in a Filipino American second generation diaspora. And I can really only talk to my own lived experience plus a little bit of academic study, right? Like my experience may not be the same as Daniel's or like Agatha's or anyone else in this chat. Um, but by bracketing, hopefully, I can show you where I'm coming from so you can understand the direction I have taken to get to where I am. And we can talk with that context in mind. Now that I've said all that, oh boy. So um, the one of the issues with Strixhaven in academia, as I'm, I'm going to jump this all the way to hell back, okay? Killian Liu is hardworking, successful, has a parent who is high up in the authority of the college he attends. That dude is not liked by everybody. I'm sorry. Like there is no world which everyone's like, oh yeah, he's great. Uh, he's so hardworking. And they specifically <laughs> oh. call out, right? They specifically call out that he's that his hardworking determinism has engendered him to both students and faculty. I'm sorry. If one of those groups likes him at a time, it's an either or situation because you do not like, let me tell you, Nobody likes a teacher's pet, especially people in the school who aren't the teacher's pet. I don't know if you know this. This is pretty like, let's talk about old school tropes. That's a pretty standard one, actually. Mm -hmm. Right. So we got that. Um, and then when you take that piece and then you go back to the description of him later that says he is has a sort of professional detachment from other students. You end up with me as a twelve-year-old, okay? So you end up with a, you end up with a kid who has been who has been taught that academic success is a good measure of value of your worth. Um, and I will couch this by saying it was not nearly as abusively put on as like Teen Empress's is. Like my parents were wanted me to succeed, but there's a piece there about generational trauma where they came from very little and have come to the point where they've worked very hard and gotten a lot, and they don't want me to have to go through the same things that they did and academic success is in a lot of asian culture the pathway to which you achieve that like financial stability and independence and all the other stuff right so when you get to that point you get you get a kid or in this case killian a person who is extremely focused on academic success at all cost whether that is at the cost of chances to make friendships, chances to hang out with other kids, chances to indulge in things that make you a child, and you grow up very, very quickly uh, at a speed you're really not supposed to because you miss out on all of the other things like how to talk nicely to people and basic courtesy when you're talking about things you don't care about and so like those are the things you don't learn because if you're seeking academic success at any point any conversation that is not about the current interest you have in your head is a waste of time because it is not teaching you something about continuously moving forward and learning right so when you get to that point killian lou is a person who has spent this entire time learning under the shadow of his father is spends all of his time trying to prove and prove and prove that he is worthy for whatever position he thinks will finally get his father to say, I'm proud of you, essentially. That kind of person is not a nice person, nor are they a person who very often thinks about anyone else in their vicinity. They are a person intensely focused on the direct path to success at as fast and as straight as possible and so when you get that right there is no way that kind of person is going to be liked by everyone 
unless it's in their head. And that comes to a whole nother thing that I'm not going to get into. We could talk about, you know, like perceptions of people and blah, 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 blah. That's a, a huge topic. That's not how this works, right? You've got an ins and in, and this is the thing we were talking, we were actually talking about this a little earlier. I think it was, I don't remember who brought this up. So if it was you, let me know. Uh, we were talking about the way that this is a very Asian like school story couched in a very diasporan Western interpretation of academia. Like this is an academic academia where you are like, especially in silver quill where they specifically say everyone there is being groomed to be leaders and like charismatic, you know, uh, politician, lawyer, poets, question mark, right. They're never really clear as to which, but you get an entire school full of people who are basically being taught to use their words by Dean Ambrose specifically to cut people down, to build them up. And if they don't make it, they weren't worth it in the first place. This is the worst parts of Twitter discourse as a college. Okay. I want like, let's just be super honest here. That's what this is. This is dragging. This is crabs in a barrel 101. That's a bad college class. Don't take that class. And that's the college that you've put these people into in terms of this like academic success story, quote unquote. Killian is Killian's entire thing is unlearning what it means to disregard collaborators and colleagues and people around you who are doing their best because you've dismissed them as not worth your time because you have to. It's Shoto Todoroki from My Hero Academia, okay? Like, that's what it is. <laughs> All right? It's this kid who has been basically learning with none of that nuance. It's not a very nuanced story in My Hero Academia either. I'll get, we can, we're not getting into that right now. No, this is not but a My Hero Academia it, podcast. Right, but that's what it is. It's this very specific trope that you are using again, and that's that's got its problems because you have to tell that story in a nuanced fashion. And like, you know, we don't have three box sets anymore. So you're not going to get very much more about Killian in other than what we've got so far. I haven't seen a goddamn short story. I'd like to see a short story. Please give me something to at least pretend that you put effort into this story. Although at this point, oh my I don't gosh. know. I want to write this short story. Right? Yo, they should, <laughs> they should do like, they should do like a, like an L five R thing and just pu publish novellas. I, I mean, magic. There is yeah. magic story, and the way that it's it's uh, structured right now is that we have B plot on uh, Fridays and A plot on Wednesdays. They haven't released anyone for today, at least not to my knowledge. Chat, you can totally check me on that. But yeah, I I, I have been like really not looking forward to the Killian one because if they handled it with the same grace as they did the cards, yep. I, I um, see in the comments that uh, Conrad. I don't know how to read. Uh, uh, anyway, sorry, I can't read all of it. Uh, oh, this seems like it could be a very interesting if the MTG staff handled this with care. And I yes. kind of do want to talk about this um, at some point. I don't know if that's now. Go for it. Go. Yeah. I, I feel like, like for, okay, when I first saw some of these cards, I, I think along with a lot of other people thought that they were jokes because it just seemed so, like it really seems like the kind of stuff that you would like make by yourself like you would photoshop this and then post on reddit and then everyone would keep sharing on uh on like the, what is that joke yeah yeah like with each other and you'd be like oh my gosh like so real you know because it has that very like brash and like um like this is the first thing i thought of and it didn't have a sensitivity reader because i'm just sharing this with my friends kind of vibe 
so I feel like I understand this from the perspective of that, but I think it's very puzzling to me that as an actual product, an official product that you're telling people to buy, that it has such a casual, like, like it seems like a fan product kind it's, of it's, feeling. It's it's flippant with its use of tropes. Yes, and I think yes. this is, and I think I've actually switched the flippant overlay to, word. to our, to our card one. And I think this is actually, yeah. Agatha, this is the perfect segue to talk about the next card, which is guiding voice. Huh. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So, uh, sorry, 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 chat. Um, uh, guiding voice is, I don't know if you've seen this one yet, Agatha. Guiding voice is a one cost white card. It's a sourcing card. It's common. The art depicts, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, a, an Asian coded femme character helping out a white mask character. Is that correct? I don't know about the character. Seems like it. That's about where I, like, that's I, I read it. Right. I but read that's it. how I read yeah. it. And, and I'm and I'm also reading this within the context of. So I don't I don't know if this, quilt. I don't know if this segue is is appropriate here. We can dog ear it and I put it later on. Um, but there's been a lot of tension on Twitter and other discourses where it's kind of like, do you know if they're Asian or not? And like, what does it mean to be Asian with these contexts? And you know, I feel like you're reading too much into you're projecting that type of tension. And I feel like this card might be a really good place to talk about that because I think personally that these two characters are uh, ambiguous as to their ethnicity. Yeah, it could be. And, that, and that's, yeah. I'm, but I mean, like in the greater context of everything that is going on here with the 100% Asian coded characters. So let, let's read the card first, and then we'll get into it, Steve. I think this is the sure, perfect time to sure. talk about that. So it's a sorcery card. You have to cast it on your turn, and you put a plus one, plus one counter on a target creature. Now, that's a thing, and it's called learn. You may reveal a lesson card from your own, um, uh, you own from outside the game and put it into your hand or discard a card to draw a card. That's fine. It's the flavor text here that is fits perfectly into this like flippant use of tropes, and it's... God. When honor mancers work together, their compliments are complimentary. Teehee. Oh. We made a pun. And it's just like, <laughs> like... This is something that you would see on Reddit, right? Like, yeah, as a joke. Or Tumblr. They're, they're playing on such shallow ideas that yeah. it's... I, and, what's, what's, and to kind of echo, like, whether or not magic can tell this kind of nuance. The thing is that we've done this before. There was that, there was Ixalan, which uh, admittedly the, the set itself was terrible to play, but um, the, the story was amazing. And it really centered around Jace and this, this um, telepath planeswalker who lost his memories had all come back at once and then had to deal with the relive the abuse and trauma that he endured as a child and as an, as an adult and had, and another character was there to help him through that. And it was so beautifully done. I actually wept. I remember like sitting at a, at a acai bowl place and being like, <laughs> crying into my acai bowl. My acai bowl is so salty now. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I, I agree with Agatha in the sense like, this is absolutely not very well thought out. It's very shallow. And when we know that, we, we know that wizards can do better. Somebody said, that, oh, so, uh, somebody said, this is an above average fan card. 
Yeah. 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 And, it, and it's that's why context really matters. Um, not just like the context of the story, but also the context within the, these these stories is situated. Because if this was, for example, if I saw a bunch of these cars, they were they were made by an Asian person and then they're shared like from that context, like as a fan, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, haha, that's that's actually that's pretty funny. That's like, a funny if joke. I saw, I, <laughs> I'd be like joke. cringing. Honor but also like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like I'd be like, oh, and then share it with like my sister or something. But within this context where it's like, oh, this is the first, from what it sounds like to me, this is the first time that like East Asian people are portrayed. Um, it's not. It, it's, it's not? No. No, no, no. There's, there's, okay. No. But the, this, but the, this is with together with honor. That's absolutely, I think that's yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah okay yeah sorry uh i was completely no, no, wrong on that. Fine. but like no, no, within this context of like oh this is a product with like asian characters and people were really excited about that this is an official product and then having it have the same kind of tone it becomes grossly inappropriate and and i agree that the it's because it's also coming out of this this company that is from the west set in i guess headquarters in north america like that that then becomes a very bad look because you're it's the kind of thing it's like it seems like it's a bunch of like in jokes but you're not in on the joke so you can't make these kind of jokes i think is really where like the the tension is here's what you know what makes it even worse and it's and correct me if I'm wrong, but Honormancy is not a game mechanic in this set. And so this whole Honormancy thing is just pure flavor text world building. It's not a mechanic. They didn't have to include it. I mean, if it was a mechanic, we'd also still be talking about it. But Honormancy didn't have to be a part of this card. But this was like an active choice to include it in the lore of the world. And even if these characters, like Steve, you mentioned, weren't Asian, the fact that Wizards is leaning with so much marketing of the Asian character, and we've already seen this over-reliance on the model minority stereotype, on the tiger parent stereotype, on the intergenerational abuse. Like this, this honor, this Asian honor stereotype slots right in there. Um, I, th I think that, you know, one of the things we've, we've seen is that that really bothers me. And this kind of relates to the model minority myth. And it's that when we see Asian characters for the most part in media, with the exception of, of my boy Han, um, we see Asians as submissive, apolitical minorities and as one dimensional characters, we are relegated to, you know, the sidelines, to the secondary characters, right? It's lazy. You're saying that, you know, we value work ethic and academic achievements. It's just so one-dimensional. It's just unnuanced picture of Asian characters. And to suggest that we are not capable of creative expression, activism, and I see this beyond Magic the Gathering, and, you know, the intolerance towards oppression because we will take it. 
is bad, right? And, you know, the model minority myth, you know, is a positive stereotype, is seen as a positive stereotype because it says that we've made it. But at what cost? We've made it because we are, we, the Asian community put its head down, worked hard, and don't speak up, right? And this is where this stereotype is weaponized against other minorities. It creates resentment and undermines solidarity. And we're seeing it right now with these attacks against Asian people. We're seeing it right now. And that's what hurts the most. Yeah. The, the model minority myth is something that we should all know about because it basically says hard work is all you need. And if Asians can do it, why can't you? And it doesn't take into account systemic racism, housing segregation, right? You know, policing inequity, or even like differential access to services and healthcare, right? It basically insinuates that structural racism isn't the true obstacle to, to equity. It's hard work. And that's why this does not have a place in our world. Right? And that's what I take the greatest offense to in this set is how hard it leans into that model minority stereotype and the roots of it as well with the you know, abusive parents and everything like that. I, I can't help. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll say something really quick. And yeah, just go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, even I'll, I'll in Ontario, um, even said uh, those Orientals, they work like dogs and uh, has since said that he will not apologize for that comment. And, you know, that hurts a lot. Not only does it hurt me, but I know it will perpetuate harm, perpetuate harm for others. And so, so Daniel, everything you said there, it's like, it hits yeah. not just true, but also hits like, like right here. And, he, and here's the thing, right? You know, the Asian community internalized that we have assimilated, we have become American and we have succeeded because of that. And look at us. We are these, we are the privileged people of color. And we're taught that, right? Our families have taught that and particularly tried to teach younger generations, you know, anti-black racism. And not only is it important for us to call out that stereotype, but it's also important for us to undermine that stereotype and be better allies and acknowledge it, right? Like the Asian community has a lot to do, right? We need to turn out for all of these other communities. Super important, super important for us to acknowledge that. Um, and I know that, you know, on Asians Represent, we need to do more of that. And, and I hope we could do more of that moving forward. Um, because, you know, this platform is a big responsibility. Michelle, yeah, I, I, I interrupt you. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. No, it's all good. I guess, sorry, <laughs> yeah, just to back up a little bit. But the other thing that really, really is very offensive, I guess, for me about all of this is that we are, people are buying these cards. 
people are buying them, they're selling them. And it's essentially the monetization of Asian intergenerational trauma. And it is, it's just so, when you think about it within that context, it's incredibly abhorrent. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be buying any of this. I, I don't know if I'm going to be buying any product because I, yeah. it, it's, it's just like, great. We are buying and selling my, this terrible stereotype and this, in a lot of ways, my triggered like traumatic experience in cards. Like this is just, it's, it's pretty terrible. You can't really look at it any other way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I was so ready to go out and buy magic cards. And, and like, I feel so torn about this set. I feel so torn about, like, I'm so happy to see Asian people and so deeply, oh God, I was about to say, <laughs> so deeply, <laughs> damn it. Would you say that you're just, what, just, is crushing? Just, or just say it. I, it <laughs> I'm just deeply disappointed. Ah, deeply disappointed insert disappointed Asian dad meme (laughs) deeply disappointed I'm not angry I'm disappointed in in the design team because (laughs) you brought it up with this Jesus Christ (laughs) look it was a visceral reaction (laughs) that I just had because uh, it's just insert like Daniel emoji into the chat. Uh, it's just like, I'm, I'm just disappointed because this was a huge opportunity to do something cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Huge yeah. opportunity. You know what? Uh, Wizards of the Coast actually reached out to me uh, when I initially expressed interest in this. When I was like, yo, kill, insert Asian character's name, which became Killian Liu, is like spicy. Love this. Yep. And they reached out to me and they were like, hey, do you want to do like a marketing activation for this? And I said, sure. Uh, because I've worked with wizards before. Uh, get your copy of Candlekeep Mysteries and look for actual good Asian stories. Um, and also go to UnbreakableRPG.com. Um, I'll just say, also know that they've sort of bungled Candlekeep too. Just, they've also know, bungled Candlekeep as well. put the cards on the table, did. right? Yeah, yes, yeah they, yes. they definitely bungled that. They definitely bungled that. Yeah. Um, but I'll say like, you know what? I, let's talk about this because I haven't talked about this publicly. I had a good experience working on Candlekeep. They, I had next to no interference with how I used Asian themes in the Book of Inner Alchemy. There was zero protest to the changes I made with Chi slash Key. Zero protest to that. They sent me a PDF draft of the adventure months before it came out so I could see it. They had me consult on the art. Chris Perkins emailed me and was like, hey, I have some concerns about this art and I want to know if your concerns might mirror mine. Do these characters look Asian? And I said, no. And I'm very, very grateful that he did that because my name is on that adventure forever. And not only is my name on that adventure, but our community is tied to that adventure now. Asians represent. So I'm grateful that I had that. But I also feel this like immense amount of guilt that my experience was not a universal one. 
can I bring up a point here? Yeah, actually. Okay, because I like I, I'm not obviously like I didn't write on the book, etc. Right? I'm not going to talk to the process of Watsi and the way they did things. Um, but I do want to couch this in something we wanted. We, we said we were going to talk about at the very beginning earlier, which was the context in which this was made. Right. So you've got already all of you've got the stuff with the candle keep with uh you know with uh I don't Graham know which, Graham Graham. Yeah, Graham I was like okay Graham right. Um, so I had two different usernames flash through my head. POC gamer, not it's POC gamer, not POC and TTRPGs. Both right, great yeah. people, but this is POC gamer. Yeah, right. And so you have the things with Graham, right? And what you have is, and I don't, okay, I cannot tell you what happened or what went wrong. Um, but I think the thing I want to leave for me, at least, because we are coming up some time, I do want to kind of leave my opinion at something that you can take with you, because we talk a lot, right? the context in which this is made is super important because what you had was a very explicitly Asian adventure that Daniel wrote, right? It's very explicit, explicitly Asian. And because that was recognized, the team could, you know, talk to Daniel, be like, okay, what's going on? What, like, we would like, we have some problems with this. What can we do? Right. The fact that they could not see the Asian coding in, or the, like the POC coding in Graham's adventure tells me that somebody wasn't doing enough homework to know that was a thing and with the changes that happened the way they did someone went oh this is just another yuan t story we can just do the same things with yuan t that we done since the ice age i don't remember when watsi was founded but like that's the problem they did not see the point well, that there is like there is different coding in there the Right. A big thing there was that the editor that they yeah. chose for Graham's adventure was a very prolific member of the community during the TSR days. I'm not, I'm not here to shit on time periods and communities, but you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll let one hang for a second. Um, yeah. But that also, this is the thing with, when we talk about, right. Where people like, um, and I, okay. I'm seeing this. Do you mind if I tack this into the thing that I'm talking about? Can yeah, we, can go, we do for that there? Yeah, go, go for it. Go, 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 go. Okay. So, go. The background to this, right? We we all found out about this. And then somewhere buried in the comments, I think of Michelle's thread, was like this note that, hey, by the way, this story is written by an Asian American woman. And we all went, what? And then prompt like from like a person and the we, the person who told us that was someone I think like who their partner worked at Watsi and they'd been told this and we found out that way and we went oh huh okay and it's like okay cool but again we come back to this thing I was talking about we come back to the bracketing of it Daniel had an adventure that was so very clearly bracketed Asian that they knew what to look for. The editor for Graham's Adventure did not have that context, did not have it from the start. Nobody in the pipeline had that context going all the way up. And so it was mishandled. This person, like uh, we, the person who wrote Killian's story, Asian American. If I had known that from the start, there is a much different context I have to talk about this because then it's not, what the hell, Watsi? Why, does, why is this stereotypes and racism again? what the hell we just went over this but then i get and then i get to the conversation of okay so now we have a talk about intergenerational trauma and the responsibility of media creators and what does that mean for representation and that's if if watsi stereotyping and racism is you know what the hell 101 
we've moved the fact that you can have this context moves you from that to what the hell 102 like 102 maybe even 201 depending on how far we get but the point is there is an extra little bit of nuance in there because now i know where it's coming from and now i know where the discussion is because like i know now and if i like i'm cheating a little bit because we talked about it earlier but i know that when who like when i found out that the person who wrote it was an asian american woman i was like i guarantee you 1000% that person is now like did i fuck up wait here's the thing like, right yeah. <laughs> i had 7000 words to tell a nuanced asian story yeah i had 7000 words to do that guarantee you they did not hmm. right and that's the thing like I think it's real. Like, look, no, when when we found out that an Asian person had written that story, I was like, I get it. I get the story you're trying to tell. I've lived the story yeah. you're trying to tell. Yeah. And the the bl first of all, the blame should not be placed on that person. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Let's let's be really clear about that. It's not their fault. Mm -hmm. This not, not their, their fault. fault. Like, I am. 100% sure if we, if this was a D&D &D story and they released this Killian thing as an NPC with all this stuff and it was a novel, we'd be like, guarantee. I'd buy that book right now, right? Except I don't know if that person would even get royalty. So, you know. Um, well, yeah. That, that said, that said, right? There's a whole lot of stuff in there. The, the problem, <laughs> yeah. The problem is that they had no support. But they had for... no, no support. And this, they wrote a story with nuance and I'm going to, positive intent is super important here right they wrote mm -hmm. a story with nuance and it went all the way all the way up that chain of command that editorial chain of command and everyone said check 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 and sent it off right but this also kind of underscores the fact that you need to have other people of color in this in that process you you can't just have all of you can't have creators of color at the very bottom of this production process and have white people checking all the boxes, sending these off. We also, and, and this goes to Asians represent too, we also cannot have a single person be the arbiter of Asian stories. 100%. Right? Because Asians represent is not Daniel. Asians represent is not Agatha. Asians represent is not Steve. It's not Jackie. It's not John. It's not Michelle. This is a platform for all of us because this entire conversation, we've all shared different views, different perceptions of these issues. And these conversations need to be had during the creative process. Because if this conversation, this two hour conversation that we've had, had happened, we'd be looking at a completely different product. And hopefully. it is not, and it is, yeah, hopefully. And it is, yeah. and if we were all people hopefully. who had positions of power. But it is 100% not that Asian creator's fault. They tried to tell a real story, and yep. the process let them down. And the process reduced what I am going to assume was a nuanced story, reduced it to a series of tropes that were chosen to be understood by the non-Asian audience. That's what happened. Or they didn't have enough cultural consultants or sensitivity readers to look at it and be like, this is good in, again, your own circles, but you can't release this as a product, right? So, like, because 
sorry, go ahead. Well, here's where I'll, we talked about this on the wrap up with cultural consultants. Here's the problem if you rely on cultural consultants. Oh, you don't yes. have to listen to what they have to say. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They don't actually sit at the table. They sit at the other table and then you talk to them and you're like, and in oh, many no. ways, <laughs> cultural consultants are just a stamp of approval. Yeah, that's true. And we see that quite often with like a lot of the Kickstarters with <laughs> that we've, we've commented on Twitter. Yeah. Um, folks are like, oh, oh yeah. right, culture consultants, wait, right? Let's add those at the very that's end. It's a stretch goal. It's a stretch goal. Like, no, no, no. That's uh, from the bo- bottom up. Or, bottom or up. better yet, or, on your team. Or our per- or. Oh, even even you know or the the classic um oh we had to delay the release of all of our products because we had to and and we lost some of the money that we got from the funding so we have to do another kickstarter to fund ourselves again to pay for the cultural consultants i have seen those the thing though is like the system failed this individual this company failed this individual by one putting them in front of the bus but also by making them the sole arbiter of what the Asian experience is. And they're not, I mean, there it's so diverse. Asian Americans are not a model. I mean, Asian people are not a monolith. There is a deep and complex culture. Like we, like everyone here is mostly East Asian. Like we don't have a South Asian person here. And that is also part of our group, right? That is also part of our demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all have different stories to tell. Mm-hmm. I only regret that this Magic is a wonderful game. It could be, it can um, ascend to amazing storytelling heights. And the utter failure of this character, of this storyline is entirely due to just laziness or, I I, I don't know. I ran out of words because I've been thinking about this all week. I'm just like, I'm so tired. I just thought of this Mm -hmm. now and our stream is ending. You know what story is so much better than Killian's? And I say this so much better than Killings in the way that we've seen it through the cards. Yep. The story of Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> yes. Yes. Steve, I don't know. I don't want to, no spoilies because I know you're. I, we, you're... No, we, we finished. Okay. And uh, I, I like Sabine's story, but I got other thoughts about that. There, there are other stories there, but there, yeah. Sabine's story is still a better story than Killings in how it turned out and the, the, the way, the parallels between them. Sabine's story is still way better. Um, yeah, but but that said, I'd like to end on on something. Uh, we are running out of time. This honestly is we should do a part two. Um, if we could, if we do a we part could. two, um, a this is we'll, here. <laughs> a would let's I was do, let's, say like Alicia though. Here, like, let's let, yeah, Alicia. Alicia. We need to talk about yeah. Alicia. Well, okay, so so let's do a part two. We'll figure out what it is. Community. Uh, let us know on our Discord server if you're a member or let us know on Twitter if you're interested. You can DM me. My DMs are open. I am allowing that. Um, we'll do a part two because you know this conversation has to continue. Now, a part of that, you know, I mentioned that Wizards wanted to do like a, a marketing activation and they asked if I wanted to preview a card. And here's what I said. Actually, I'll, I'll read you exactly what I said. Um, uh, let me find it. Okay. They said, do you have any color preference, house preference, most important aspect when you want to do it? And I said, I want to see a black card because that's the color that I like to play in magic. I want to see a silver quill character and I want Asian coded characters, most importantly. And here's what they sent me. 
not a black card. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but that's okay because it's an Asian coded character. Now, uh, I'm supposed to say that uh, Federal Trade Commission requires uh, Wizens and I to comply with the FTC guidelines for endorsements. First of all, um, I don't endorse Silver Quill, but I will say that, you know, Wizards of the Coast sent this to me. And um, I have to say that Wizards of the Coast sent this to me. Um, I know this card was already like previewed elsewhere, but I wanted to show this card because I think it does some things well. Uh, for the audio listeners, this is a white card. It costs two. It's an uncommon instant. When you cast this spell, you copy it for each other instant and sorcery spell you've cast this turn. You may choose new targets for the copies. This card puts a 1-1 counter on a target creature, and it gains vigilance until the end of turn. Combined with Killian, Ink Duelist. Yeah. It's so good. It is so a good. fucking it's like phenomenal storm. card. It's like Storm. storm. Yeah. It's storm. Yeah. We, yeah. We were, now, I was talking now, about it with a friend. But, and I haven't said this for our audio listeners yet. What I love most about this card, and this is probably my, one of my favorite Strixhaven cards that I've seen so far, is that it's called show of confidence. And I think that's super important, right? Because Asians represent is all about being loud and proud. And it's called show of confidence. What I also love is the art. Mm -hmm. I'd fucking wear the shit out of that. Just add some cargo it's pants. And I'm goddamn the, aesthetic. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> There's Steve's sad face about cargo shorts. Being I honestly would actively disagree with you on this one because Silver Quill is clearly not about practicality. They're clearly about looking good. No, but that, but it's it's tech wear. I'm thinking like it's it's no 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 so no no no. So no. It's not cargo pants. It's joggers. It's joggers. It's gonna be it's cargo jo it's joggers. joggers or it's like cargo one of those like joggers? definitely not yes, they like exist. shoulder holsters with like instead of like a gun holster mm -hmm. it's got like pockets and okay pouches. so are you you're telling like, me that silver quill isn't just like fantasy you know acronym you know acronym the techwear brand yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. this I mean, is yeah, acronym cyberpunk school in the middle of a bunch of like magic people it's very yeah. confusing but I, it's very confusing <laughs> but here's the thing that i love i love that it's called show of confidence i love that it's a powerful card and i love how it shows three asian characters looking fly as fuck Wow, yep. everyone in the chat is coming back with Stetsons. Yes, I would put Stetsons on all of them, except the hooded one. The hooded one, keep the hooded one. <laughs> the hooded one is hooded. The hooded one's <laughs> great. Okay. But you could absolutely put like, okay, like, but like just... the, it's a Stetson in black and white with like a white trim oh. on the end. And you've got like a blue highlight that kind of so, comes so, around the Okay, brim. so what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is, should Sorry. we find an Asian artist and commission them to do a silver quill or Strixhaven version of all okay. of us? Okay. Yes. Oh my God, yes. A yes. thousand percent. It, also, thousand percent. This, also, it totally, maybe this is because I also love the, the wonderful- feather, it's a quill in the hat. Okay, yeah, it's so- a quill. But, but okay, it's like, so it's like, they look like a dance troupe, but I love it. They yes. look like a K-pop group. Yeah, they yes. look like a K-pop group. Silver it's K-pop, it's K-pop college. Oh gosh, yes. That's what okay, so, cool. so here, here's the it. here's the deal. Does, yeah. damn. Here's the deal. We'll find an artist. Cool. And I'll commission like literally our, our like silver quill K-pop group. And good. or whatever we want or it to quill be. Pop. Quill, pop. Quill, quill pop. Quill pop. Quill pop. Quill pop. Good. We'll find it. Asians represent. We'll pay for it. We'll we'll coordinate in our chat and we'll figure out. Oh you know, God. send me a DM me what we want our characters to look like, and we'll get this done. I called a person who's like like 
I got the DM me. DM me. <laughs> John, John and I are going to have to fight. We're, we're going to have, no, have to can, discuss about no, this. No, no, no. John and I have to discuss about the distribution of Stetsons because we're it's both true. We Stetson. do. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. Look, oh look, I'm just I'm just excited. because we'll, I'm happy to surrender the Stetson if I get like a like a bowler. Like like a the pulse fire team. I'll change it from a Stetson to a to a to a to a Turby or a okay. traditional fedora. Okay, a part, you know what? A part of me also kind of wants no fedoras. To. Okay, no fedoras. So we've, so we've mentioned this is, just, this is just an idea, <laughs> but we've met, we've mentioned you know like our our own like this is many of these cards looking like really bad fan cards. What if we just make a really good fan card with really good flavor text? Let's just okay. Yeah, six six different characters from Silver Quill, strictly better flavor text. That's our challenge. Oh, All there we go. That's it. That's it. That's, <laughs> yes. it. That's it. Strictly, strictly better flavor text. That's it. That's the one. Strictly. And then we get to and then we get to be broken self-insert AU characters because this shit's already broken. So let's so, just do it. Let me just write this down, and I'm going to write. Is it all silver quills? Or like different colleges, though. No, uh, different. We could do different ones. Could. Um, commission. We'll figure, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it <laughs> out. Your aesthetic is silver Asian. Quill, John. Oh, if we, if we decide my aesthetic is silver quill, we could do a Wuber card. I am, like I'm most definitely Prismari not from the base. Horrible. But, but John, we okay. could we could do a Wuber card where all of us are representative of the colleges. Oh, and we five, do a five color, five color card, five color card with all yeah, five of us. Yeah. Yep, got oh, it. Cool, oh, oh my god. Well, what if we just did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We'll we'll get like. I'll get the artist to do like a big one, and then we can kind of crop oh, to do oh, each little one. Oh, I call the like, mascot. I call the, the mascot. It's the, te- it's the team skins from League where you get the crops for each one. <laughs> yeah, of them yeah, you get the crops for each one. Perfect. Done. Sold. Done. Okay. I'm clearly, the cool. but I want the K-pop pose. I, I want to be the. We can do that. We can do that. We'll do that. You'll take the little portraits of each of them. It'll it'll work. It'll work. I claim like. Why did I just JoJo Pudge? Why did I just JoJo pose there? Why did I just do that? Okay. We, we, Anyways, we, we clearly have to we clearly have to take this offline. We have to take this offline, but I I wanted us we have to take this offline, but I oh wanted us God. to end on a on a positive note. And I wanna reiterate, I wanna reiterate the whole point of this conversation. If you listen to the entire podcast, if you watch the entire stream, or if you watch the entire YouTube video or listen to the entire YouTube video, John, you just went. <laughs> um, Sorry, people are talking about JoJo posing. I had to. My bad. I, <laughs> I want to I want to reiterate that we are not here to tell you to be offended or outraged. We are not here to put blame on the Asian writer who wrote Killian's backstory. We're here to ask you and hopefully inspire you to ask for more. We're here to teach you why this is subpar representation we want you to crave asian characters that are not defined by stereotypes right all of these stereotypes that we see have very real effects on people because there is there is there's going to be that like a couple people are just going to be like oh it's just a game first of all yeah it's just a game but how many of those people out there are influenced by how Asians are seen in media and act by how they think Asian people are. So these fantasy portrayals of Asians have real world effects on how people are perceived outside of the game. But also like, don't you wanna, you know, don't you want your Asian friends to have cards that aren't stereotypes? Let's keep it at that. 
That said, everyone's socials are on the screen. Mighty Shrimp, Daniel H. Kwan, D-E-E-M, Steve, Ryo Masa with a zero, Kiln Fiend Potter, <laughs> Death by Mage. Look, I know, I know. <laughs> Follow everyone. Follow Some, everyone. An inactive account from Japan that's last posted in 2011 has what is my this? name. Oh, like, I'm so sorry, John. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm, it's fine. You're good. I'm just like, it's, it's a Follow every, every stream. stream. Every Follow stream. everyone. <laughs> UnbreakableRPG.com and most important, most important, you need to stop Asian hate. And as Asian people, have these conversations with your family members about this model minority myth. Have conversations with your loved ones, Asian or not, about the effects of positive stereotypes and the privilege and power that we have as recipients of these dark accolades. <laughs> they just melt dark accolades. Um, that's it. Album. Stop <laughs> attacking my dark academia thing, please. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Dark accolades, yo. Dark accolades. It sounds like like a. That's my card. Dark Don't touch chocolate. No, <laughs> sounds like a like a Dove dark chocolate special edition. Yeah. Dark accolades. That's it's like horribly mispronounced. It's dark accolades. That's the that's the, that's the, uh, the Dove goth edition of chocolate line. Yeah. <laughs> that that said, I want to thank all of y'all for joining us as guests. Steve Agatha, as usual, thank you for this. Steve, happy one-year stream anniversary. I love you. I love you too. Chat, listeners of the podcast, viewers on YouTube, I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the conversation. Thank you for learning with us. Mm-hmm.